didn't realize I was getting the master of suspense, which was (laughs) (laughs) Uh, never a dull moment over here. Let's do it. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, dude. It's cool. We got there eventually. We yeah, did. we got there. Piece of cake. We mm. the struggles. Uh, I'm terrible at introducing <laughs> people, um, so I'd like you to introduce yourself, if you would. Ah, well, my name is Raheem. I, I go by Mega Ran. I'm a former teacher turned uh, hip-hop artist, uh, streamer, uh, video game player, I don't know, uh, that's really about it. Just all around good guy. <laughs> you got too many hats to wear, man. Oh yeah, I wear a lot of hats. Have to for this big head. <laughs> I think this is this is kind of when I was like trying to reach out to get hold of you. I was like, he does a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't even know if I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna have time to cover everything, or you know, what we might end up talking about. Cause just the important stuff. <laughs> just the important stuff. Um, also, I mean, allow like getting people to introduce themselves allows me to know um, what name to call you by during because I was like, do I call you Megaran? Do I call you Raheem? Mm, like Megaran when I'm on duty, I guess. Yeah. Is this on duty? <laughs> yeah, I'm working, right? Aren't yeah. you working? Is this working? I, I, I hope mm. this is working because this is. I hope so. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, thank you for coming to the show. I, I, I honestly, to to kind of get you here was a a, a challenge in the sense since you ended up in my spam box. You know, what? You it was the weirdest thing. I was I, I contacted you and then you came back through spam. I was looking through my spam, thinking, oh, you know, get rid of a few of these. And it's like, hang on a minute, I have a legitimate message in my spam box. Oh, huh? Was it like my initial message to you or a response? I it was your response. That's weird. I don't yeah. Know something about that your email doesn't like my email the world didn't want us to come together uh but we beat the odds we did we we made it we got here in the end we loved it in the end (laughs) yeah well we didn't love it yet we didn't we don't know yet no we don't know yet (laughs) not quite not quite um yeah so i can as i say but when i reached out to you um i've been following you for kind of like a, a little while on twitter but i knew of you kind of way before just through music and just like little things, but I couldn't remember the track I first heard you on because you've done so much. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Uh, I mean, that, that makes sense. I've been making music since 2007 um, on the internet in various iterations. I was random before I was mega ran. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, back then, like MySpace was kind of the bee's knees. So we were all hanging out over there. Tom was everybody's friend. And then, um, you know, then we've migrated since then and hung on tight. But uh, but yeah, it's been a minute. I think for a lot of people, their first exposure to me, like on a grand scale, was this album I did in 2011 called Black Materia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an album based on the story of Final Fantasy VII, which a lot of people consider one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, so much so that we're we're you know kind of uh, revisiting it at this point. You know, we're in the midst of the releases of the remake um game and uh so i did a remake album at the beginning of this year well last year which uh, i'm very proud of so i feel like it may have been around then that things started to kind of ramp up for me uh personally and professionally 2011 so many people haven't hadn't heard of me before then but maybe a few had i gotta be honest i've never played final fantasy 7 
Wow. Well, uh, you know, I've, I've never much. played any of the Final uh, Fantasies, to be honest. It's, wow. It's one of those I mean, genres I just never dived into. Yeah, if you're not in the you know, Japanese RPGs, it's probably not going to move you. But the soundtrack is just phenomenal. Like, yeah. if anything, I would say just throw the soundtrack on and, and enjoy the music. Yeah. I suppose we, I, I think this is, is one of those strange things of having. I have quite a few friends who are more into JRPGs, and I think everyone told me to play Final Fantasy, and that put me off playing it. And I kind of it, it got to the point of hype where I was like, yeah, I don't oh, yeah. want to play that anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of things I missed out on just because of hype. I was just like, oh, if everybody's talking about it, then I don't. I don't yeah. want to be a part of it. You know, uh, I was like that with comic books. Like everyone was on my block was into X Men, and yeah. so. I wanted to be different. So I was like, well, I'm going to read X force and X factor and X caliber and anything else that wasn't yep. X-Men. And none of them were as good, but, <laughs> but still it was like me just trying to be different. Yeah. You got to do that. You got to push back every once in a while. Right. Like, I think so, man. I mean, yeah. but you can miss, you find yourself missing out on some really good stuff though, once in a while. Yeah. Um, but the good thing about a lot of this media is that you can always revisit it, you know? Um, but something like final fantasy seven, there's a lot of the, you had to be there, you know yeah. what I mean, for it. So it's like, you try to play a PS1 game now, you're like, this is terrible. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's, thank goodness for the remake. I think the remake is a good place to start if, you, if you're interested. Great graphics, great story, and more action than kind of RPG, yeah. you know, than the, than the wars in the past, you know. That makes sense, yeah. I think it is one of those things, like you say, it's very much like you have to be there at certain times with certain games to kind of get it like oh yeah there's a um saying that i always use that nostalgia is undefeated you know and it really is but um because yeah if you were there then it will forever be special to you but if you weren't there no big deal you want everyone's got their own little pockets of like content and culture out there which they just hook into and say hey this is mine you know this Mm. is what i grew up with i mean i have a real real hardcore place for time splitters yet most Mm. people Look at times business like that. It was just like a random game, which just flew me by. <laughs> was fun. It was ahead of its time. It really was having a level editor on a on a um, a console game. Yeah. You know, like come on, no one was doing that. Uh, and it had the um, one of the greatest shooters of all time, the Golden Eye engine. Yeah. You know, so if you were in the Golden Eye, like you loved it. You know, it was very quick, very smooth. Um, I'd love to see that kind of revisited. There, there, there was like a little project which is meant to be remaking it. Hmm. Yeah, what happened? It was like it was like Time Sprit is remixed or reboot or something, and they there's like a really small team of indie developers or something. We're basically were like we're going to remake Time Splitters. Wow! And then someone bought the rights to it like fairly recently, and then oh, no. they started panicking and they were like, "We're going to put out what, what, whatever we can because obviously they don't want to shut down." Yeah, well, you don't have to call it time splitters. Just you no. know, call it something else. You know, it's uh, spiritual successors are kind of in now. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so as you say, you've been going for you've been running for a while. Is yeah. I guess the way to put it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You, you. I mean, I know you initially from kind of nerd car, chip hop style stuff, but then you also like your recent release was more um, kind of like basketball oriented. Yeah, it's more of a traditional release, yeah. um, I'd say. But you know, it's the title Live ninety five is is the name of a video game. You know, it's a very like important video game to like sports 
fans. Yeah. It was one of the first times that like a, a simulation basketball game kind of got everything right, yeah. you know, on a, on a console. And this was Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Um, and for me, it was just a very special game, special time where we'd be up all night having tournaments and playing this game. And we were just so impressed with, with the realism, you know, and, and the fun that this game brought. So really that's what the album's about is revisiting that time period where I was, you know, a younger, more innocent kid who was like experiencing these things for the first time. And so it's a very much a throwback type album, less video game references, I would say, but um, I think fans of, of the previous Mega Red work will really enjoy it. And, uh, they must have. I mean, they, the record hit Billboard. I was very excited about that. You know, first time I, I cracked the Billboard 200. And, um, you know, that's 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 amazing because, you know, I'm an indie artist. I'm, you know, I don't have any big label and money behind me. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is like every genre of music and every release. There's probably a 50,000 releases every day at this point, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to music. So, uh, so I'm really excited that fans have, have stuck with me and what I've been creating over the years. It's been fantastic to see. I mean, what I love about your, your stuff is, is your kind of like level of storytelling, which you do through a track and how, how kind of heavily invested in what I've just reminded myself of, Matt, of one of the other reasons I reached out was because I saw you on the nether wraps with B Dolan in the, like the live show he did in Minecraft. And yes, that was really fun. That was such an insane show. Like that was nuts, man. Props to be Dolan. I don't know how he put that together. I have no idea. Like I'm a guy who's lived in the video game and music space for a decade. And I never would have thought about putting something like that together because I didn't think it would be possible. And he did it and did it very well. So props to that. Uh, Another rap. That was one of the most unique experiences I'd ever had. It was such a strange moment for me as well, because I'd followed you kind of in two separate camps of like music genres like Beatle and Strange Famous and everything kind of on one side of like underground political raps, which kind Mm -hmm. of I'd been following. And then I had this other side of which is like, you know, nerdcore, but kind of crafted content around pop culture and stories. And then all of a sudden I was just watching it. I was like, hang on a minute. Mm. I know both these artists. (laughs) (laughs) They're suddenly coming together. How does this work? Like what, you know, how does that even come about? (laughs) 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 how does that come about it's a very strange cross-section like i met b dolan in person in the uk uh, on a tour i don't know were you at that tour by any chance um this was 2015 i just put out a record with my friend storyville called soul veggies um so it was more i think it was more a traditional boom bat political record and i was touring the uk and i noticed that b dolan had a tour going to the uk with a uh, buddy peace um and maybe someone else and i just threw out a hail mary pass and just you know decided to shoot my shot as we say and i messaged b dolan and said hey look you don't know me I don't really know you, but I, I mean, we know of each other through the scene, yeah. but we're both going to be in the UK. We're both us artists, indie, you know, like, why don't we put our heads together and try to do a little tour? And and so we did, he was like, well, sure, man. Like I happen to need a little bit of help with securing a certain city or a certain venue. And I'm like, Oh, I got that, you know? And so we were able to help each other. And um, I played some of my best shows out there with, with B Dolan. And um, I'll always be thankful for that, man. He looked out, for a guy he really didn't know, you know, it just said, Hey, look, here's another indie guy that, that's working hard and let's put our heads together. So uh, that was 2015. And um, I think since then we've been kind of 
on each other's radar. You know, we text each other like, Hey, how you doing? How you been? You know, um, we have two or three collaborations, uh, since then we did 1984 with MC Lars. Uh, we did, uh, I don't even think that came out. I did a remix for him for uh, five hearts for the Epic Beardman album, which if he didn't put that out, I want to put that out. So I need to find him <laughs> because it was really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we've just done a lot of collaborating and just crossing paths. So whenever he's in my city, I'm in his city. We reach out, we hang out. So uh, yeah, it just kind of happened from a from a cold email, and uh, and now somehow our worlds are connected. I, I do feel like the indie rap world, especially, is a very small world. Like we all know each other, whether you're the political rap, the art rap, the nerd rap scene. Like we all cross paths because we all play the same venues. We're all in the same cities. We all do South by Southwest, which is the big indie showcase, you know, that happens in Austin. So we always cross paths. It's, 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 it's an insane world to kind of look at and see how many of you do know each other or like appear in each other's replies when you're just on Twitter and you're kind of like scrolling through. You're like, oh, it's Twitter. And you're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? You know, like my worlds are coming together. Yeah. I love that. Like I'll talk about PlayStation stuff and then like someone, no one would expect will start responding. Yeah. And then, uh, and then people are like, wait, you know that guy? And I'm like, well, sort of. <laughs> We've met. We've been in the green room together. It's, it's, you know, one of those situations. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's, it's weird to see as well, because like, I know kind of genre to genre, there's like, you get a lot of conflict with people calling out one genre or another, but I think especially within the indie scene, there seems to be a little bit more openness to just like, yeah, we're all struggling in the same make make music content world. And we need to go with that. I don't know. I don't know if that reflects what your, your reality <laughs> being in the indie scene. <laughs> oh, I think your, your mic's muted. Oh, I'm muted. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think as well, I kind of like you say, you, you've done a few collaborations with him um, in MC Lars and, and whatnot. And I like I think it always brings me back to this kind of question, which I had raised the other day, of whether you need to be able to blend two genres together to get people to pay attention to one genre sometimes. Hmm. That is a good point. I mean, I don't know if you need to do anything, but, you know, if you maybe want yeah, yeah. I think collaboration in sense, like mm-hmm. rappers have had that down. I think the rest of popular music is is figuring that out over the last 10 years. But collaboration has been all such a big part of hip hop from the beginning. You know, um, mixing, blending genres, you know, back in the 80s was uh, was a thing that everyone noted uh, in hip hop first, you know. So, um yeah, we love we love we love that from the very beginning of hip hop. It was always about check out my crew, check out my DJ, like let's all, you know, get together in a circle and, and connect and build ideas and share, you know. So that's been a huge part of hip hop from the beginning. And so uh yeah, I think the rest of music is kind of caught on with that, is that um, you know, blending genres. I, I always love like mixed bills when I'm on tour are my favorite, you know, like for sure. I think I, I rest in this world. My friend Lex, the lexicon artist, told me a couple weeks ago she's like oh nice she's like she's like when i was trying to explain to someone like what you do megaran i was like well he's a guy with his feet firmly planted in like the hip-hop community and the video game community like firmly and there's almost no one with that kind of footing in in two very equal worlds you know like chiptune you know which is related to the video game music community but is a its own 
you know, subculture and subgenre, you know, so being able to work in these different worlds and pull people and, and ideas and friends through those worlds has been so much fun, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, there's a, there's a comment, I think, um, be it all made after the nether wraps, uh, Tar was like kind of talking about you and, and how you kind of come together as like a collaboration, but he, how he felt you kind of elevated the like the nerd car genre above what he expected of the nerd car genre and i was wow. like that's oh, a yeah. real interesting comment <laughs> that is interesting i would love to i don't know if you ever have had b dolan on the show but yeah, i would love to yeah. yeah like i would love to hear his his thoughts on that a little more but i re- recall and that's I, I was a little hesitant with reaching out to b dolan because mm-hmm. i think i recall sage francis who you know who runs the strange famous with him um yeah saying something maybe kind of derogatory about nerdcore and uh and maybe it wasn't even that it was untrue it was just he had heard some really bad stuff and said yo nerdcore sucks like these guys aren't really good they don't really Mm -hmm. care about being better they don't care about the culture which they which they come from and you know he, he he got some really bad you know tastes in his mouth from what he had heard or experienced. And I wondered if B. Dolan thought the same way. Mm-hmm. And so when I reached out, I was like, oh man, he's going to laugh me off the block. You know, like, oh, that nerdcore guy, he'll never tour with me. All right. You know, like we'll never work yeah. together, you know, but talking to him, I believe it was in a green room somewhere in Manchester or something. Um, him saying to me, like, dude, like, I can't lie. Like what I thought about nerd rap, and what you do are completely two different things. Like I right. was totally wrong. And, you know, when I see you on stage and when I see you, you know, operating within this space, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very amazed and blown away. And I appreciate what you, what you bring to this, you know? And, uh, and I was like, thanks man. Like he didn't have to tell me that. And I thought that was really cool, but I understand, like I said, early nerdcore, a lot of it wasn't that good. And so um, I don't know if you recall, I mean, Lars probably doesn't like to bring it up, but at, at some point, Lars wrote this giant scathing blog post about how bad Nerdcore was. Right. Uh, I think he titled it Nerdcore is Dead. And and people got upset, but he wasn't really wrong, you know. And at that time, I was kind of just barely operating on the fringe of it. So I didn't really I don't think he even knew who I was at that time. So he mentioned like three guys who were good and then was like, the rest of it is terrible, you know. And so. <laughs> Everyone else got really upset. And uh, since then, I think he kind of maybe walked it back a bit. But, you know, it was something that needed to be said, I think, you know, especially if some, you know, like if it's on your mind, you know. But um, but yeah, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but uh, I thought it was an interesting point to bring up. Yeah, definitely. I think it's in a way I find it quite a strange genre because it is, it is obviously founded within the internet as its main kind of like origin point, which meant it was founded within people who were already online, which meant the people were acting in a way which was online and then receiving criticism has a certain reaction from people when you're online. <laughs> and then <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's a weird like level of kind of self-awareness, but sensitivity to the situation. Like you say, when you, when you kind of within hip hop culture, there's a level mm-hmm. of trying to one up each other in skill and talent. Whereas Nerdcore kind of set a line and went, this is what Nerdcore is. This is what it has to be defined as. Anything outside of that is terrible, <laughs> rather than exploring and experimenting with it. And it's, it, it strikes me as such a strange thing for, I guess, I mean, no other way of, word, of, of art to suddenly have a, this is what this is. You can't do anything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a struggle. 
a struggle for artists. (laughs) One of the many struggles, you know, we have, we have a ton, you know, I think ultimately um, we want to, we want to create good art that we, that we're proud of. And um, I've added new, you know, constant struggles to, to my, to my quest and my fight, you know? And um, I, I think I said something in a, in a song or a kick in the door. I did this Biggie, Biggie Smalls, notorious BIG tribute project. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, a song called kick in the door as I say something about everyone's fighting to be the best, like to be the king or the man, you know, I'm fighting for people around the world who don't even know what this is, you know? And, and that's, that's really it. Like I I have an entirely different mission, you know, where like some people are just want to, you know, be noted as the the greatest or they'll get the local, you know, accolades. But, um, but there's so many people who don't even know what this is that we're doing. And, you know, and I just want them to be, to understand. So it's in that sense, it's important to challenge your audience, you know, and hope, and hope, you know, that they grow with you, you know, throughout this, this journey. And, um, to put out this live 95 record, like I would have been scared to do it six years ago, seven years ago. Like I wouldn't have been sure, yeah, you know, if it would have been accepted or if it would have been appreciated or anything like that. So it's a, it's a good thing to be able to be comfortable with who you are and what you're putting out and yeah. comfortable that it will be, you know, received well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You got to kind of know your audience. I always say that you kind of need to, at some point you need to poke your audience to remind them who's in charge essentially. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For real. Just like, yeah, you know, this is what, just remind you that I do this. Like, yeah. I, this I is, this is for me. Like, yeah. don't, yeah. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, I'll make I'll make the video about the thing which you like, but at the same time, yeah, like this is this is for me. Uh, if I don't please me, then nobody's happy, and this doesn't this train doesn't move. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of kind of curious then in terms of like how you create and what you create for. Of you know, you obviously you mentioned that you, you you're doing it from more of a concept of engaging the world to what this kind of is but do you do it more to tell stories or do you do more do it more just about the things you love is that what you sit down and you go okay this is how i'm writing today yeah i definitely want to tell stories but i also want to i want i want to be able to tell my story mm-hmm. you know and, and to someone who may not have experienced it and that can understand it or in a way that it hopefully can be a little relatable um but also like uh, a teachable moment you know i'm a former teacher so i'm all about the lesson you know and if i can yeah. somehow fit the lesson in but also still make the song catchy, the, the, the beat fun and things like that. Uh, I'm all about it, but yeah, it's mostly about making sure that someone gets something out of it, you know, like a, either a, a glimpse into my experiences or a, uh, you know, maybe a, uh, a perspective they didn't see or things like that. Like it's super important to me. I'm kind of curious what kind of teacher you were. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I was in middle school, uh English language arts teacher and I was fair. I tried to be fun. I was maybe too fun with middle school. They're like, you know, 11, 12, you right. know, and so uh they knew that I knew about video games and all the other things that they liked. So they would try to catch me into these friend friendly, you know, uh combines where they're like, oh man, like I know you want to teach us this lesson, but there's a new call of duty out that you know about that. And, you know, and we start to, Oh yeah, well, let me tell you, it's like, you know, and like, yeah, I'm like, Oh man, I just got caught up. You, you got me, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I try to be the fun teacher. Like I would, I would even rap for them and do music mm-hmm. when I could. 
um, if it, if it fit in with the lesson plan. And, um, I, I was firm, but fair, you know, I was always taught you don't, you don't smile with the kids until, until Christmas, you know, you keep it, you keep a tight ship. And I was like, well, I want to be Such human. Such phrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, know, so you come in smiling and they're like, oh, we got you. You know, like they think you're being friendly. So I can see why people say that, but me, I'm more of a, more of a human teacher, you know, and, uh, but I've definitely had moments where I've been kind of out of my character when kids just, you know, decide they don't want to listen today. Um, so, yeah, I was I was firm, but fair, I would like to say I was, I was definitely firm, but fair. It's the best way to be as a teacher. I think ki- mm-hmm. kids are a much more ruthless audience than adults. Yeah. Like, to the point, like, I don't think I'd ever perform for kids. Like, mm. I mean, I'm not a natural performer in terms of a live audience anyway. Well, performing for kids terrifies me compared to performing for a group of adults. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so scary because kids have no filter and they don't care. So trying to impress a preteen is, is almost impossible. So even if you're doing the thing that they like, which is make rap music or, you know, they'll look at me and be like, Oh, it's okay. You know, and then they'll go and tell their friends or their, you know, brother or their cousin at home. Oh my God, my teacher, he raps. He's so cool. You know, and then I come to school and be like, eh, yeah, yeah. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. This reminded me I of the ways, ways we used to trick our teachers. Now we 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 had I had at least two science teachers who we knew we could cancel a whole lesson if we could get them talking about their kids. <laughs> so it would be almost <laughs> instantaneous, like, "Oh, sir, how, how's you know how's your son doing these days?" And then it would be free, free sailing. Wow, nice. That's that's so slick. Yeah, every teacher has one of those. If you get you get them started, you, yeah, you might not have a lesson that day. <laughs> Everyone's got that weakness <laughs> of, of ploying, of ploying, get manipulative kids. Like, don't, trust, <laughs> don't trust the kids. <laughs> don't trust kids. No, no. <laughs> Tell kids not to trust adults, but kids don't, don't trust the kids either. It's, it's a two-way bow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, we mentioned before you kind of collaborated with everyone. I'm curious if there's anyone who's like on your list of who you want to collaborate with like man there's so many people um i feel like i've collaborated with so many folks you know yeah, so I, I typed in mega Ran feature like between <laughs> things and you just appear in everything <laughs> wow um i just found a guy that i really love who does these really like smart poppy sensible like hip-hop r&b tracks uh named abby the nomad who's really really great i'd love to collaborate with him um i have a lifelong dream to try to collaborate with like Stevie wonder. I think that would be top of my list. Like if I could somehow sit down and write a song with Stevie wonder, I might just die after that. Um, but, uh, CeeLo green, I think has a very interesting sound, you know, mm-hmm. uh, MF doom would have been the top of my list, but he, he just passed. And, um, and that's like definitely been to me a, uh, a bucket list type of, uh, collaboration that i think would be perfect just because we were just you know both kind of nerdy both you know like like and i think about lex again like both having two feet firmly in whether it's hip-hop culture and and nerddom you know uh i thought like we're we're a little bit similar in that regard um so yeah those are probably my main you know goals for collaboration uh but everyone else man i feel like i've been lucky enough to collab with everyone that i've kind of wanted to collaborate with uh i'm from philadelphia so also uh i gotta give my bias i gotta say will smith uh the roots and um jill scott 
you know, who are probably all the like maybe three top like urban musicians from Philadelphia. And I would love to uh, somehow do a song with them. I mean, uh, yeah, that's not a bad list to have, really. That's, that's like top, top tier level. I mean, do, when you collaborate with people, do you find it challenging? Or do you find it kind of pushes um, you? Oh. It pushes me for sure. I've yeah. been, um, I, I always say to myself, like, when you collaborate with something, someone on something, you got to, you got to bring your A game. So, you know, because their audience is hearing it, plus your audience is hearing it. So you're moving into two different groups of people. And, and one of those groups may not be very nice to you, you know? Uh, and so therefore, uh, you got to bring your best, you know, they're not going to be like, Oh, bless your heart. He tried. He really tried. You know, he tried. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if he's that good, but he tried, you know, no, they're going to say, man, this sucks. Like, why are you working with these people? You know? And so, uh, you gotta bring your a game. And so to me, as an only child, I've always thought collaborating is how I've kind of made up with that. That's why I collab so much. You know, I'm the only child. I love to create by myself. But there's a whole different gear that kicks in when someone else, when there's someone else's energy and someone else, like, I don't want to let them down, you know? So I think most importantly, that's what's making me go super hard. Yeah. Interesting. I like, I like the way, the way you kind of like relate to being an only child. Whereas, I mean, I have a brother and I collaborating with people is something I find very difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult in a lot of ways, you know, even, uh, collaborating on projects that aren't music it seems to be a little harder for me like when i try right. to get folks together on a podcast like all right that's four of us all talk about this thing we love and it's really hard to get everybody together so uh i've been you know trying my best at that you know but it's very difficult people have different lives different schedules different you know interest levels you know mm-hmm. so it, it's to me that part has been difficult when it's like I want to collaborate in a way that we're both creating something together that we both own and are, and are proud of. Um, it's been so tough because, you know, their goals for this, their end goal might not be the same as mine, you know? Yeah. And, and therefore we're, we're, uh, you know, we, we just have to be so like, we have to be so evenly keeled on that. And, you know, it's like, it's literally like a marriage, you know, but writing a song together is not to me anyway. I don't know if that even makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. I, it's a weird thing of kind of like, I guess a, a weird way to term it would be like group projects. Uh, yeah. When you have group projects and you've all kind of got like a different level of investment, even though you're all in level, like invested in just the base idea of, you know, we're going to build a house. And then someone's like, okay, we're going to build a house, but I'm pretty much only invested up to the walls. And someone else does the windows and you're thinking, yeah, we, we need to finish it all together. Or you're, you're pushing it all towards the end, keeping that going in a way it becomes more of a challenge than just building the house in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can totally relate it to that. I think that's the, probably the best way to look at it because it's just, there's two different things. Yeah. Like building a house together versus us just, you know, jumping in a car together and going to, to dinner, you know, yeah. and it's like, all right, we both want to get there, you know, and then we can decide what we want later and we can both make two different decisions, but the house, this is going to only end up one way. So we have to really get together and, agree on the construction here you could agree where the end point is so you're not yep. just staring off into the distance and someone else is like three years down the line with a house <laughs> <laughs> where'd everybody else go i don't know just with this house <laughs> like, no, we're, we're early in it until it was built 
Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, was um, I was just gonna say it's kind of like it's a it's a weird trade off between like project management and getting the best out of one another to be able to say this is you know going to be the best thing we ever do together. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. That's a really good way of putting it. I you know I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, um, but you could look at both the same way. Like as far as bringing the best out of each other, like like you said, if it's a group building a house, like we are still looking for the best possible solution, mm-hmm. but like who's, I don't know, whose input should have more weight, you know, like that's just a really hard thing to figure out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, especially when it's, it's if you're, if you're blending two things. Uh, I mean, kind of like you say with, within genres and within hip hop and within culture, if you're, if you're coming from different backgrounds and you're pushing those things together, someone's always going to have, a louder voice in that conversation mm-hmm. and managing that between the pair of you is is you have to trust each other a huge amount i like to a scale which i, I don't know i don't know if i have that level of trust <laughs> <laughs> yeah same i think you know just i think me being an only child is as taking taking that level of trust away from me like i don't i've never had to rely on someone and that's probably why i work so good by myself because mm-hmm. i just feel like i'm always working at a different pace than everyone you know, and so uh, I'd rather just kind of and I also rather just I'd rather fail on my own, knowing exactly why I failed rather than failing because I put all my faith in someone who didn't have the same, you know, level of desire as yeah. I did. You know, I can completely yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially you you dive into something and you think this is going to be good and then you get halfway through and you're like, why are they trailing behind? And if this fails, mm-hmm. It's it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a level of self hate which goes with artists. That it's just <laughs> natural to every single artist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep. It's a criticism, like to yourself. Just it's comfortable if it's just you and you. It's just if there's someone else there, it's it's awkward, right? <laughs> no, really, it is. Yeah. I mean, how do you deal with that? In, I guess. As a genre, hip hop is very bravado. It's very ego driven, and yet being humble on a track to to me seems like I don't know. It, you from when from the music I listen to from you, you sound very self secure in what you create, and I'm wondering how much of that is just a fight to get to that point, or whether that's just something you naturally do. Hmm. Maybe a little bit of both. I mean, there are tracks where I'm a little boastful. I think I always think that that the bravado should be kept for the for the records. You know what I mean? Yes, hip hop is pretty bravado. So me, I'm able to jump into other characters and that's where I, I'll get the bravado from. You know, I'm writing a song right now about Boba Fett. So clearly, you know, I have to talk about how cool and badass he is, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's me talking about myself in that way. Uh, so, yeah, through the through the the benefit of, of third person, you know, technology, I'm able to excite, like get these cool things out through other characters, you know, uh, I think that's a big, big thing for me. I'm not necessarily boasting a whole lot, but, um, but yeah, I think that you confidence and, and arrogance, you know, are two different things, but there's a thin line, you know? And so I think it is important to exude confidence. And, uh, and that's, that's been something I've struggled with, you know, but uh, I still don't like my voice. I still don't, you know, 
think I'm the greatest rapper of all time. How uh, can you not like your voice? How many tracks I, have you I, made of this? Yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like I don't have enough. I don't have as much. I don't know. I feel like I don't have as much control over my voice as I would like. You know, uh, sometimes I listen back to something I'm like, oh, I didn't think it would sound like that. You know, uh, but yeah, that's it, really. I think everybody hates the voice to a certain point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of normal. Definitely. I've, I've noticed the kind of comedians share that same kind of aspect of ego and like putting themselves into a character. So they're not necessarily on stage and they're just kind of watching themselves. And it's like a, a weird like cheat code to get out of just letting their ego fly <laughs> in a way. Yeah. yeah. Let it fly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe more artists need that. I miss the days of when kind of, um, like illustration and and visual arts were more like character driven when you kind of like had fine artists who were just like larger than life characters i feel like that fell off at some point yeah well nerdcore is picking up for that um i think there's been a, a rise you know um i've been over the last few years especially i guess because i'm home more mm-hmm. i've been able to kind of dig into what's happening in nerdcore and a lot of folks on the youtube side of it have been really successful in character driven raps, you know, um, taking a story or a, an anime or, uh, a show and this jumping into a character and making entire songs, like more than one sometimes about the complexities of a character, you know, but making them also sound like legit, real dope rap songs, you know, that if you didn't know would just be a good song, you know? And I think that, that today's, today's nerdcore kids have, I've really got that down, you know, to the point where they are creating um, just really, really like high level tracks that if you didn't know, but unfortunately you, they have to let you know, because, you know, they're kind of playing an algorithm game. So yeah. it's like Goku rap, you know, or something like that. But, but if you didn't know that and it wasn't named that you just would have no idea, you know? So uh, they've been, it's been a very interesting journey, like listening to a lot of these young kids, do it very well to the point where they just sound like good rap songs about how cool you are. But it's like, Oh no, that was the story of, of demon slayer, this anime that I love. And you're like, what, you know, yeah. uh, which just takes them a lot of creativity, you know? So I think it's, it's definitely worth checking out if you enjoy those things. Definitely. I'm kind of curious if you, if you, I don't know, obviously been making trash for a while. And like you just mentioned that like younger rappers are playing an algorithm game, like, that mm. especially you're trying to get exposure and stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's kind of changed things for good? Or do you think like not, not for good as in good and evil, but mm-hmm. like finality. Oh, things okay. Change, there, that's with that's two different questions. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely two <laughs> questions. Like if you say, Oh, it's, is it a good thing? Or yeah. is this going to be the way that we have to create for the foreseeable future? Um, yeah. Uh, both are, are Big questions. Um, yeah, I think so. I think this is how we're going to have to create if, if people want to make that kind of that jump. You know, I think you are going to have to create with with a little bit of the algorithm in mind, which which sucks because that is going to put a definite damper on a maybe a, a bit of a handcuff on how creative you can be. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it happening in popular music. Like right now, the sweet spot for music, like the, as far as duration of the song seems, seems to be about two and a half minutes. Right. And and that's because someone determined 
that people don't want to listen to something more than two and a half minutes. And so now every big song is two and a half minutes. And so I'm like, well, in five years, is it, is it going to be 90 seconds? You know, like it makes me wonder, you know, but you might have really want to do something creative. Like, oh, the key change was going to come at 335. And, you know, this this whole other movement was going to happen. And they're like, nope, no time. 230. Keep it moving. You know, the next song will be the key change. I don't know. That's madness. <laughs> it's come such a long way as well, though, because like we're, we're like you're saying like two two thirty is like the, the track time where I'm thinking back to like the 80s where rock bands were putting out like 10 minute tracks. And that was yeah, like it was it was very standard to be yeah. eight to 10 minutes played on television, get music videos, all that stuff. And now we've just determined that. No one will listen past a certain point. So no one wants to take a chance and challenge anybody. They're like, well, let's just fall in line. You know, now collaboration, like I said, is, is the key. So it's like, who, you know, putting other people on your song, changing, you know, adding, adding genres, you know, types to your songs to kind of cast a wide net. So, um, so yes, I do think this is the future of popular music. I don't think people on the indie side have to do anything, you know, which I think is great. You know, um, I, I like be, not having to succumb to any of these rules. Um, I've gotten to a point now, though, where when writing songs, I feel like you should be able to say what you need to say in two verses, you know, right. and and now that that doesn't mean that every song will only be two verses. But if it's a song for me that isn't necessarily about something like it's not a story that has the beginning, middle, end, but maybe a a, a message, you know, I feel like two minutes should be enough to get the message you know, out or two verses rather. Um, but there are times and exceptions, you know, and I never have to feel like, oh man, they're not going to play it past two 30. This is when the cool key change happens and the thing, you know, I don't have to worry about that, you know? And I feel like indie artists could continue to push the boundaries, but popular music will, will chase the algorithm because TikTok and such are the new way that people discover music. So. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's kind of sad in a sense of like we're we're losing that gradually year by year that tracks get shorter or like even even like you say kind of like fan art and stuff like that that's what gets the attention of the public because it's got connection to things which they're already nostalgic about and they're already invested in so it's like oh it's just continuing my content journey by blah 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 and yeah Mm -hmm. i I mean i'm I'm hopeful that like indie genres and indie artists will stand up to that and still create the things they want to create but it worries me. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a legit worry in there for sure. Cause yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely something which I've, I've thought about a lot in terms of, especially blending serious subjects and blending things which are popular and seeing how that has an effect on the subject you're, you're touching on. And I'm curious what, you know, how that will affect our work down the line and artists down the line. Maybe, maybe we'll see less of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, time will tell, man. We got to break the mold. That's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> he says, doing an hour long podcast. Like, you got to listen past two, for, two minutes 30 on this podcast, man. <laughs> no, two minutes and 30. <laughs> you won't get to this discussion, <laughs> which will be right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, obviously, you had um, your tracks come out end of last year, this year. I'm right. I think we said earlier. It was like, uh, yeah, last yeah. year. Are you working on uh, new tracks coming out? Have you got an album coming out this year? You know, twenty twenty two. Nah, um, nah. I'm sh- I'm 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 uh, 
determined to kind of ride the momentum of this record. Like it just, it just came out in October, Mm -hmm. uh, hit billboard. Like I'm, I got a few ideas for, for singles, for videos, for a ton of things. So I just want to, I want to keep that going. I don't necessarily want to just jump to the next thing, you know? Definitely. Are you like a fully involved video kind of person? Like you're, you're mapping the video in your head and yes yes for sure like i I like to sit down with a with a director or with a like videographer and like really put this like put these things to to like making these the most outlandish ideas come to life somehow you know it's like all right we don't have the budget to do this but how can we pretend we have the budget to do this you know like just imagine (laughs) Mm -hmm. we have the budget and then we'll make it happen and that that It it all blends together. It's all DIY. I love it. There's no way around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Again, it's just. I think it's one of those things which constantly um, drives creatives. Is that is is barriers? You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. If it was easy, I don't know if people would do it. Uh, Who would do it? Uh, Yeah. If 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 you could instantly make a track and it was like perfect and how you wanted, would you bother making that track? Um, No, I don't think I would. Even if you got the message out, it's just like no, yeah. no, no, no. Mm-mm. The world is changing and putting us towards technology, which does that. <laughs> yep, Feel so like strange. There's a certain point of whether, because obviously it's driven by kind of capitalism and consumerism to make these products. I'm, ca- I don't know who they're making these products for anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Don't it's, it. like, it's not for me. Yeah, it's clearly not for like me. So yeah, I have no idea of who a lot of these things are are made for at this point. <laughs> Dream making machines, which is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you ever find a, a conflict of that be- between being a creative yourself and encountering other people who are just like, Oh yeah, you know, it's easy. Any, anyone can do it because nowadays because technology is that. Oh, and you're like, actually, you know, there's a certain mm. mentality which requires and skill to do what I do. Yeah. I think people do. And I, I think I've seen a few of them, you know, attempt to do what I do and maybe not get the success, you know, and I think that people then find out the hard way, you know, um, that it ain't easy. You know, this is uh, this is something that has taken years of work, skill, luck, practice to 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 make happen. And um, it's not easy. And uh, but I think people just oh, take a video game and rap about it and boom you know and it's like well nope not gonna work (laughs) and then they're like you know disappointed or sad or maybe find themselves losing a lot of uh like you know momentum that they had thought they had built up you know or a lot of investments you know and uh yeah because it ain't easy ain't easy definitely not i think challenge does clear it kind of clears the driftwood as i say of when you try to create something and then you, as soon as you hit a barrier, if that's the point you're giving up, chances are you mm. probably weren't going to roll with it till the end. Yeah. Wow. That's a good point. That's really well put. Like, but yeah, like a lot of people aren't in it for the long haul, you know? And I think being, being in it for the long haul, some somewhat kind of means uh, doing it even when it's not 
working out for you, just doing it because it's fun. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not, not following, you know, a, a trend or an idea that you saw somewhere else, but just doing it because you enjoy doing it. Like I've been reading books about that and like falling in love with the process right. is, is something that I've seen so much. And that's probably the number one thing is that if you don't, if you're not in love with the, with the act of making this thing, then, you know, it's not going to work out for you. Definitely. I completely agree. And I think that's a great point to round this out. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming along. It's been lovely. Thanks been for having me, man. This has been super fun. Glad to hear that. You know, I, you know, it was a challenge to get here, but we got here in the end and we, we went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yep. Down the rabbit hole. Yeah, fun times. It's one of those things of, I'm never sure when a guest comes along and we haven't got a topic specifically. But I think we covered a lot of ground. Not to sound too much like a therapist, we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> this was very much like therapy, except I'm not crying. But everything else, great. Oh, I failed them. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you never watch the podcast, the end, uh, they always leave crying. That's, that's the goal. Oh, <laughs> like, that's the thing. They, yeah. they leave crying. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next time. I'd have you back. I'd love to have you back, man. Oh, you. man. It's been I'd, fun I'd, thank you. I'd love to come back. There we go. All right. On that note, it's been lovely to have you, and we'll talk to these guys later. Thanks, Graham.